Section 13 of A to Z. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Chad Horner from Ballyclare in County Antrim, Northern Ireland, situated in the northeast of the island of Ireland. A to Z by various. On the principles of political economy and taxation by David Ricardo. Chapter 29. Mr. Malthus's Opinions on Rent. Although the nature of rent has in the former pages of this work been treated on at some length, yet I consider myself bound to notice some opinions on the subject which appear to me erroneous and which are the more important, as they are found in the writings of one to whom of all men of the present day some branches of economical science are the most indebted. Of Mr. Malthus's essay on population, I am happy in the opportunity here afforded me of expressing my admiration. The assaults of the opponents of this great work have only served to prove its strength, and I am persuaded that its just reputation will spread with the cultivation of that science of which it is so eminent an ornament. Mr. Malthus, too, has satisfactorily explained the principles of rent, and showed that it rises or falls in proportion to the relative advantages either of fertility or situation, or the different lands and cultivation, and has thereby thrown much light on many difficult points connected with the subject of rent, which were before either unknown or very imperfectly understood, yet he appears to me to have fallen into some errors, which his authority makes it the more necessary, whilst his characteristic candour renders it less unpleasing to notice. One of these errors lies in supposing rent to be a clear gain and a new creation of riches. I do not assent to all the opinions of Mr. Buchanan concerning rent, but with those expressed in the following passages quoted from his work by mr malthus i fully agree and therefore i must desist from mr malthus's comment on them in this view it rent can form no general addition to the stock of the community as the neat surplus in question is nothing more than a revenue transferred from one class to another and from the mere circumstance of its thus changing hands it is clear that no fund can arise out of which to pay taxes the revenue which pays for the produce of the land exists already in the hands of those who purchase that produce and if the price of subsistence were lower it would still remain in their hands where it would be just as available for taxation as when by a higher price it is transferred to the landed proprietor after various observations on the difference between raw produce and manufactured commodities mr malthus asks is it possible then with madame de sismondi to regard rent as the sole produce of labour which has a great value purely nominal and the mere result of that augmentation of price which a seller obtains in consequence of a peculiar privilege or with mr buchanan to consider it as no addition to the national wealth but merely transfer of value advantageous only to the landlords and proportionably injurious to the consumers i have already expressed my opinion on this subject in treating of rent and have now only further to add that rent is a creation of value as i understand that word but not a creation of wealth if the price of corn from the difficulty of producing any portion of it should rise from four pounds to five pounds per quarter a million of quarters will be of the greater amount of value and as no one else will in consequence have a less the society altogether will be possessed of greater value and in that sense rent is a creation of value but this value is so far nominal that it adds nothing to the wealth that is to say to the necessaries conveniences and enjoyments of the society we should have precisely the same quantity 
and no more of commodities and the same million quarters of corn as before but the effect of its being rated at five pounds per quarter instead of four pounds would be to transfer a portion of the value of the corn and commodities from their former possessors to the landlords rent then is a creation of value but not a creation of wealth it adds nothing to the resources of a country it does not enable it to maintain fleets and armies for the country would have a greater disposable fund if its land were of a better quality but it could employ the same capital without generating a rent in another part of mr malthus's inquiry he observes that the immediate cause of rent is obviously the excess of price above the cost of production at which raw produce sells in the market and in another place he says that the causes of the high price of raw produce may be stated to be three first and mainly that quality of the earth by which it can be made to yield a greater portion of the necessaries of life than is required for the maintenance of the persons employed on the land secondly that quality peculiar to the necessaries of life of being able to create their own demand or to raise up a number of demanders in proportion to the quantity of necessaries produced and thirdly the comparative scarcity of the most fertile land in speaking of the high price of corn mr malthus evidently does not mean the price per quarter or per bushel but rather the excess of price for which the whole produce will sell above the cost of its production including always the term cost of production profits as well as wages one hundred and fifty quarters of corn at three pounds ten cents per quarter would yield a larger rent to the landlord than one hundred quarters at four pounds provided the cost of production were in both cases the same high price if the expression be used in this sense cannot then be called a cause of rent it cannot be said that the immediate cause of rent is obviously the excess of price above the cost of production at which raw produce sells in the market for that excess is itself rent rent mr malthus has defined to be that portion of the value of the whole produce which remains to the owner of the land after all the outings belonging to its cultivation of whatever kind have been paid including the profits of the capital employed estimated according to the usual and ordinary rate of the profits of agricultural stock at the time being now whatever sum this excess may sell for is money rent it is what mr malthus means by the excess of price above the cost of production at which raw produce sells in the markets and therefore in an inquiry into the causes which may elevate the price of raw produce compared with the cost of production we are inquiring into the causes which may elevate rent in reference to the first cause of the rise of rent mr malthus has following observations we still want to know why the consumption and supply are such as to make the price so greatly exceed the cost of production and the main cause is evidently the fertility of the earth in producing the necessaries of life diminish this plenty diminish the fertility of the soil and the excess will diminish diminish is still further and it will disappear true the excess of necessaries will diminish and disappear but that is not the question the question is whether the excess of their price above the cost of their production will diminish and disappear for it is on this that the money rent depends is mr malthus warranted in his inference that because the excess of quantity will diminish and disappear therefore the cause of the high price of the necessaries of life above the cost of production is to be found in their abundance rather than in their scarcity and is it not only essentially different from the high price occasioned by artificial monopolies but from the high price of those peculiar products of the earth not connected with food which may be called natural and necessary monopolies are there no circumstances under which the fertility of the land 
and the plenty of its produce may be diminished without occasioning a diminished excess of its price above the cost of production that is to say a diminished rent if there are mr malthus's proposition is much too universal for he appears to me to state it as a general principle true under all circumstances that rent will rise with the increased fertility of the land and will fall with its diminished fertility mr malthus would undoubtedly be right if in proposition as the land yielded abundantly a greater share of the whole produce were paid to the landlord but the contrary is the fact when no other but the most fertile land is in cultivation the landlord has the smallest share of the whole produce as well as the smallest value and it is only when inferior lands are required to feed an augmenting population that both the landlord's share of the whole produce and the value he receives progressively increase suppose that the demand is for a million of quarters of corn and that they are the produce of the land actually in cultivation now suppose the fertility of all the land to be so diminished that the very same lands will yield only nine hundred thousand quarters the demand being for a million of quarters the price of corn would rise and recourse must necessarily be had to land of an inferior quality sooner than if the superior land had continued to produce a million of quarters but it is this necessity of taking inferior land into cultivation which is the cause of the rise of rent rent it must be remembered is not in proportion to the absolute fertility of the land in cultivation but in proportion to its relative fertility whatever cause may drive capital to inferior land must elevate rent the cause of rent being as stated by mr malthus in his third proposition the comparative scarcity of the most fertile land the price of corn will naturally rise with the difficulty of producing the last portions of it but as the cost of production will not increase as wages and profits taken together will continue always of the same value it is evident that the excess of price above the cost of production or in other words rent must rise with the diminished fertility of the land unless it is counteracted by a great reduction of capital population and demand it does not appear then that mr malthus's proposition is correct rent does not immediately and necessarily rise or fall with the increased or diminished fertility of the land but its increased fertility renders it capable of paying at some future time an augmented rent land possessed of very little fertility can never bear any rent land of moderate fertility may be made as population increases to bear a moderate rent the land of great fertility a high rent but it is one thing to be able to bear a high rent and another thing actually to pay it rent may be lower in a country where lands are exceedingly fertile than in a country where they yield a moderate return it being in proportion rather to relative than absolute fertility to the value of the produce and not to its abundance mr malthus says that the cause of the excess of price of the necessaries of life above the cost of production is to be found in their abundance rather than their scarcity and is essentially different from the high price of those peculiar products of the earth not connected with food which may be called natural and necessary monopolies in what are they essentially different would not the abundance of those peculiar products of the earth cause a rise of rent if the demand for them at the same time increased and can rent ever rise whatever the commodity produced may be from abundance merely and without an increase of demand the second cause of rent mentioned by mr malthus namely that quality peculiar to the necessaries of life of being able to create their own demand or to raise up a number of demanders in proportion to the quantity of necessaries produced does not appear to me 
to be any way essential to it it is not the abundance of necessaries which raises up demanders but the abundance of demanders which raises up necessaries we are under no necessity of producing permanently any greater quantity of a commodity than that which is demanded if by accident any greater quantity were produced it would fall below its natural price and therefore would not pay the cost of production together with the usual and ordinary profits of stock thus the supply would be checked till it conformed to the demand and the market-place rose to the natural price mr malthus appears to me to be too much inclined to think that population is only increased by the previous provision of food that it is food that creates its own demand that it is by first providing food that encouragement is given to marriage instead of considering that the general progress of population is affected by the increase of capital the consequent demand for labour and the rise of wages and that the production of food is but the effect of that demand it is by giving the workman more money or any other commodity in which wages are paid and which has not fallen in value that his situation is improved the increase of population and the increase of food will generally be the effect but not the necessary effect of high wages the amended condition of the labourer in consequence of the increased value which is paid him does not necessarily oblige him to marry and take upon himself the charge of a family he may if it please him exchange his increased wages for any commodities that may contribute to his enjoyments for chairs tables and hardware or for better clothes sugar and tobacco his increased wages will then be attended with no other effect than an increased demand for some of those commodities and as the race of labourers will not be materially increased his wages will continue permanently high but although this might be the consequence of high wages yet so great are the delights of domestic society that in practice it is invariably found that an increase of population follows the amended condition of the labourer and it is only because it does so that a new and increased demand arises for food this demand then is the effect of an increase of population but not the cause it is only because the expenditure of the people takes this direction that the market price of necessaries exceeds the natural price and that the quantity of food required is produced and it is because the number of people is increased that wages fall again what motive can a farmer have to produce more corn than is actually demanded when the consequence would be a depression of its market price below its natural price and consequently a privation to him of a portion of his profits by reducing them below the general rate if says mr malthus the necessaries of life the most important products of land had not the property of creating an increase of demand proportioned to their increased quantity such increased quantity would occasion a fall in their exchangeable value however abundant might be the produce of a country its population might remain stationary and this abundance without a proportionate demand and with the very high corn price of labour which would naturally take place under these circumstances might reduce the price of raw produce like the price of manufacturers to the cost of production might reduce the price of raw produce to the cost of production is it ever for any length of time either above or below this price does not mr malthus himself state it never to be so i hope he says to be excused for dwelling a little and presenting to the reader in various forms the doctrine that corn in reference to the quantity actually produced is sold at its necessary price like manufacturers because i consider it as a truth of the highest importance which has been overlooked by the economists by adam smith and all those writers who have represented raw produce as selling always at a monopoly price 
every extensive country may thus be considered as possessing a gradation of machines for the production of corn and raw materials including in this gradation not only all the various qualities of poor land of which every territory has generally an abundance but the inferior machinery which may be said to be employed when good land is further and further forced for additional produce as the price of raw produce continues to rise these inferior machines are successfully called into action and as the price of raw produce continues to fall they are successively thrown out of action the illustration here used serves to show at once the necessity of the actual price of corn to the actual produce and the different effect which would attend a great reduction in the price of any particular manufacturer and a great reduction in the price of raw produce how are these passages to be reconciled to that which affirms that if the necessaries of life had not the property of creating an increase of demand proportioned to their increased quantity the abundant quantity produced would then and then only reduce the price of raw produce to the cost of production if corn is never under its natural price it is never more abundant than the actual population require it to be for their own consumption no store can be laid up for the consumption of others it will have it can never then by its cheapness and abundance be a stimulus to population in proportion as corn can be produced cheaply the increased wages of the labourers will have more power to maintain families in america population increases rapidly because food can be produced at a cheap price and not because an abundant supply has been previously provided in europe population increases comparatively slowly because food cannot be produced at a cheap value in the usual and ordinary course of things the demand for all commodities precedes their supply by saying that corn would like manufacturers sink to its price of production if it could not raise up demanders mr malthus cannot mean that all rent would be absorbed for he has himself justly remarked that if all rent were given up by the landlords corn would not fall in price rent being the effect and not the cause of high price and there being always one quality of land in cultivation which pays no rent whatever the corn from which replaces by its price only wages and profits in the following passage mr malthus has given an able exposition of the causes of the rise in the price of raw produce in rich and progressive countries in every word of which i concur but it appears to me to be at variance with some of the propositions maintained by him in some parts of his essay on rent i have no hesitation in stating that independently of the irregularities in the currency of a country and other contemporary and accidental circumstances the cause of the high comparative money price of corn is its high comparative real price or the greater quantity of capital and labour which must be employed to produce it and that the reasons why the real price of corn is higher and continually rises in countries which are already rich and still advancing in prosperity and population is to be found in the necessity of resorting constantly to poor land to machines which require a greater expenditure to work them and which consequently occasion each fresh addition to the raw produce of the country to be purchased at a greater cost in short it is to be found in the important truth that corn in a progressive country is sold at the price necessary to yield the actual supply and that as this supply becomes more and more difficult the price rises in proportion the real price of a commodity is here properly stated to depend on the greater or less quantity of labour and capital that is accumulated labour which must be employed to produce it real price does not as some have contended 
depend on money value nor as others have said on value relatively to corn labour or any other commodity taken singly or to all commodities collectively but as mr malthus justly says on the greater or less quantity of capital and labour which must be employed to produce it among the causes of the rise of rent mr malthus mentions such an increase of population as will lower the wages of labour but if as the wages of labour fall the profits of stock rise and they be together always of the same value no fall of wages can raise rent for it will neither diminish the portion nor the value of the portion of the produce which will be allotted to the farmer and labourer together and therefore will not leave a larger portion nor any larger value for the landlord in proportion as less as appropriated for wages more will be appropriated for profits and vice versa this division will be settled by the farmer and his labourers without any inference of the landlord and indeed it is a matter in which he can have no interest otherwise than as one division may be more favourable than another to new accumulations and to a further demand for land if wages rose profits and not rent would fall the rise of rent and wages and the fall of profits are generally the inevitable effects of the same cause the increasing demand for food the increased quantity of labour required to produce it and its consequently high price if the landlord were to forego his whole rent the labourers would not be in the least benefited if the labourers were to give up their whole wages the landlords would derive no advantage from such a circumstance but in both cases the farmer would receive and retain all which they relinquished it has been my endeavour to show in this work that a fall of wages would have no other effect than to raise profits another cause of the rise of rent according to mr malthus is such agricultural improvements or such increase of exertions as will diminish the number of labourers necessary to produce a given effect this would not raise the value of the whole produce and would therefore not increase rent it would rather have a contrary tendency it would lower rent for if in consequence of these improvements the actual quantity of food required could be furnished either with fewer hands or with a less quantity of land the price of raw produce would fall the capital would be withdrawn from the land nothing can raise rent but a demand for new land of an inferior quality or some cause which shall occasion an alteration in the relative fertility of the land already under cultivation improvements in agriculture and in the division of labour are common to all land they increase the absolute quantity of raw produce obtained from each but probably do not much disturb the relative proportions which before existed between them mr malthus has justly commented on an error of adam smith and says the substance of his dr smith's argument is that corn is of so particular a nature that its real price cannot be raised by an increase of its money price and that as it is clearly an increase of real price alone which can encourage its production the rise of money price occasioned by a bounty can have no such effect he continues it is by no means intended to deny the powerful influence of the price of corn upon the price of labour on an average of a considerable number of years but that this influence is not such as to prevent the movement of capital to or from the land which is the precise point in question will be made sufficiently evident by a short inquiry into the manner in which labour is paid and brought into the market and by a consideration of the consequences to which the assumption of adam smith's proposition would inevitably lead mr malthus then proceeds to show that demand and high price 
will as effectually encourage the production of raw produce as the demand and high price of any other commodity will encourage its production in this view it will be seen from what i have said of the effects of bounties that i entirely concur i have noticed the passage mr malthus's observations on the corn laws for the purpose of showing in what a different sense the term real price is used here and in his other pamphlets entitled grounds of an opinion etc in this passage mr malthus tells us that it is clearly an increase of real price alone which can encourage the production of corn and by real price he evidently means the increase in its value relatively to all other things or in other words the rise in its market above its natural price or the cost of its production if by real price this is what is meant mr malthus's opinion is undoubtedly correct it is the rise in the market price of corn which alone encourages its production for it may be laid down as a principle uniformly true that the only encouragement to the increased production of a commodity is its market value exceeding its natural or necessary value but this is not the meaning which mr malthus on other occasions attaches to the term real price in the essay on rent mr malthus says by the real growing price of corn i mean the real quantity of labour and capital which has been employed to produce the last additions which have been made to the national produce in another part he states the cause of the high comparative real price of corn to be the greater quantity of capital and labour which must be employed to produce it suppose that in the foregoing passage we were to substitute this definition of real price would it not then run thus it is clearly the increase in the quantity of labour and capital which must be employed to produce corn which alone can encourage its production this would be to say that it is clearly the rise in the natural or necessary price of corn which encourages its production this would be to say that it is clearly the rise in the natural or necessary price of corn which encourages its production a proposition which could not be maintained it is not the price at which corn can be produced that has any influence on the quantity produced but the price at which it can be sold it is in proportion to the degree of the excess of its price above the cost of production that capital is attracted to or repelled from the land if that excess be such as to give to capital so employed a greater than the general profit of stock capital will go to the land if less it will be withdrawn from it it is not then by an alteration in the real price of corn that its production is encouraged but by an alteration in its market price it is not because a greater quantity of capital and labour must be employed to produce it mr malthus's just definition of real price that more capital and labour are attracted to the land but because the market price rises above this its real price and notwithstanding the increased charge makes the cultivation of land the more profitable employment of capital nothing can be more just than the following observations of mr malthus on adam smith's standard of value adam smith was evidently led into this train of argument from his habit of considering labour as the standard measure of value and corn as the measure of labour but that corn is a very inaccurate measure of labour the history of our own country will amply demonstrate where labour compared with corn will be found to have experienced very great and striking variations not only from year to year but from century to century and for ten twenty and thirty years together and that neither labour nor any other commodity can be an accurate measure of real value in exchange is now considered as one of the most incontrovertible doctrines of political economy and indeed follows from 
the very definition of value in exchange if neither corn nor labor are accurate measures of real value in exchange which they clearly are not what other commodity is certainly none if then the expression real price of commodities have any meaning it must be that which mr malthus has stated in the essay on rent it must be measured by the proportionate quantity of capital and labor necessary to produce them in mr malthus's inquiry into the nature of rent he says that independently of irregularities in the currency of a country and other temporary and accidental circumstances the cause of the high comparative money price of corn is its high comparative real price or the greater quantity of capital and labor which must be employed to produce it this i apprehend is to correct account of all permanent variations in price whether of corn or of any other commodity a commodity can only permanently rise in price either because a great quantity of capital and labor must be employed to produce it or because money has fallen in value and on the contrary it can only fall in price either because a less quantity of capital and labor may be employed to produce it or because money has risen in value a variation arising from the latter of either of these alternatives an altered value of money is common at once to all commodities but a variation arising from the former cause is confined to the particular commodity requiring more or less labor in its production by allowing the free importation of corn or by improvements in agriculture raw produce would fall but the price of no other commodity would be affected except in proportion to the fall in the real value in the real value or cost of production of the raw produce which entered into its composition mr malthus having acknowledged this principle cannot i think consistently maintain that the whole money value of all the commodities in the country must sink exactly in proportion to the fall in the price of corn if the corn consumed in the country were of the value of ten millions per annum and the manufactured and foreign commodities consumed were of the value of twenty millions making altogether thirty millions it would not be admissible to infer that the annual expenditure was reduced to fifteen millions because corn had fallen fifty per cent or from ten to five millions the value of the raw produce which entered into the composition of these manufacturers might not for example exceed twenty per cent of their whole value and therefore the fall in the value of manufactured commodities instead of being from twenty to ten millions would be only from twenty to eighteen millions and after the fall in the price of corn of fifty per cent the whole amount of the annual expenditure instead of falling from thirty to twenty five millions would fall from thirty to twenty three millions instead of thus considering the effect of a fall in the value of raw produce as mr malthus was bound to do by his previous admission he considers it as precisely the same thing with a rise of one hundred per cent in the value of money and therefore argues as if all commodities would sink to half their former price during the twenty years beginning with seventeen ninety four he says and ending with eighteen thirteen the average price of british corn per quarter was about eighty three shillings during the ten years ending with eighteen thirteen ninety two shillings and during the last five years of the twenty one hundred and eight shillings in the course of these twenty years the government borrowed near five hundred millions of real capital for which on a rough average exclusive of the sinking fund it engaged to pay about five per cent but if corn should fall to fifty shillings a quarter and other commodities in proportion instead of an interest of about five per cent 
the government would really pay an interest of seven eight nine and for the last two hundred millions ten percent to this extraordinary generosity towards the stockholders i should be disposed to make no kind of objection if it were not necessary to consider by whom it is to be paid and a moment's reflection will show us that it can only be paid by the industrious classes of society and the landlords that is by all those whose nominal income will vary with the variations in the measure of value the nominal revenues of this part of the society compared with the average of the last five years will be diminished one-half and out of this nominally reduced income they will have to pay the same nominal amount of taxes in the first place i think i have already shown that the nominal income of the whole country will not be diminished in the proportion for which mr malthus here contends it would not follow that because corn fell fifty per cent each man's income would be reduced fifty per cent in value in the second place i think the reader will agree with me that the increased charge if admitted will not fall exclusively on the landlords and the industrious classes of society the stockholder by his expenditure contributes his share to the support of the public burdens in the same way as the other classes of society if then money became really more valuable although he would receive a greater value he would also pay a greater value in taxes and therefore it cannot be true that the whole addition to the real value of the interest would be paid by the landlords and the industrious classes the whole argument however of mr malthus is built on an infirm basis it supposes because the gross income of the country is diminished that therefore the net income must also be diminished in the same proportion it has been one of the objects of this work to show that with every fall in the real value of necessaries the wages of labour would fall and that the profits of stock would rise in other words that of any given annual value a less portion would be paid to the labouring class and a larger portion to those whose funds employed this class suppose the value of the commodities produced in a particular manufacturer would be one thousand pounds and to be divided between the master and his labourers in the proportion of eight hundred pounds to labourers and two hundred pounds to the master if the value of these commodities would fall to nine hundred pounds and one hundred pounds be saved from the wages of labour in consequence of the fall of necessaries the net income of the masters would be in no degree impaired and therefore he could with just as much facility pay the same amount of taxes after as before the reduction of price and the wages would fall as much as the mass of commodities or rather that the net income remaining to landlords farmers manufacturers traders and stockholders the only real payers of taxes would be as great as before is very highly probable for nothing would be even nominally lost to the society by the freest importation of corn but that portion of rent of which the landlords would be deprived in consequence of the fall of raw produce the difference between the value of corn and all other commodities sold in the country before and after the importation of cheap corn would be only equal to the fall of rent because independently of rent the same quantity of labour would always produce the same value the whole reduction which is made in wages is a value actually added to the value of the net income before possessed by the society whilst the only value which is taken from that net income is the value of that part of their rent of which the landlords will be deprived by a fall of raw produce when we consider that the fall of produce acts upon a limited number of landlords while it reduces 
the wages not only of those who are employed in agriculture but of all those who are occupied in manufactures and commerce it may well be doubted whether the net revenue of the society would suffer any abatement whatever but if it did it must not be supposed that the ability to pay taxes will diminish in the same degree as the money value even of the net revenue suppose that my net revenue were diminished from one thousand pounds to nine hundred pounds but that my taxes continued to be the same to be one hundred pounds is it not probable that my ability to pay this one hundred pounds may be greater with the smaller than with the larger revenue commodities cannot fall so universally as mr malthus supposes without greatly benefiting the consumers without enabling them with a much smaller money revenue to command more of the conveniences necessaries and luxuries of human life and the question resolves itself into this whether those who are in possession of the net revenue of the country will be benefited as much by the diminished price of commodities as they will suffer by the greater real taxation on which side the balance may preponderate will depend on the proportion which taxes bear on the annual revenue if it be enormously large it may undoubtedly more than any counterbalance the advantages from cheap necessaries but i trust enough has been said to show that mr malthus has very greatly overrated the loss to the taxpayers from a fall in one of the most important necessaries of life and that if they were not entirely remunerated for the real increase of taxes by the fall of wages and increase of profits they would be more than compensated by the cheaper price of all objects on which their incomes were expended that the stockholder is benefited by a great fall in the value of corn cannot be doubted but if no one else be injured that is no reason why corn should be made dear for the gains of the stockholder are national gains an increase as all other gains do the real wealth and power of the country if they are unjustly benefited let the degree in which they are so be accurately ascertained and then it is for the legislator to devise a remedy but no policy can be more unwise than to shut ourselves out from the great advantages arising from cheap corn and abundant productions merely because the stockholder would have an undue proportion of the increase to regulate the dividends on stock by the money value of corn has never yet been attempted if justice and good faith required such a regulation a great debt is due to the old stockholders for they have been receiving the same money dividends for more than a century although corn has perhaps been doubled or trebled in price mr malthus says it is true that the last additions to the agricultural produce of an improving country are not attended with a great proportion of rent and it is precisely this circumstance that may make it answer to a rich country to import some of its corn if it can be secure of obtaining an equable supply but in all cases the importation of foreign corn must fail to answer nationally if it is not so much cheaper than the corn that can be grown at home as to equal both the profits and the rent of the grain which it displaces grounds etc page thirty six as rent is the effect of the high price of corn the loss of rent is the effect of a low price foreign corn never enters into competition with such home corn as affords a rent the fall of price invariably affects the landlord till the whole of his rent is absorbed if it fall still more the price will not afford even the common profits of stock capital will then quit the land for some other employment and the corn which was before grown upon it will then and not till then be imported from the loss of rent 
there will be a loss of value of estimated money value but there will be a gain of wealth the amount of raw produce and other productions together will be increased from the greater facility with which they are produced they will though augmented in quantity be diminished in value two men employ equal capitals one in agriculture the other in manufactures that in agriculture produces an annual value of one thousand two hundred pounds of which one thousand pounds is retained for profit and two hundred pounds is paid for rent the other in manufactures produces only an annual value of one thousand pounds suppose that by importation the same quantity of corn can be obtained for commodities which cost nine hundred fifty pounds and that in consequence the capital employed in agriculture is diverted to manufactures where it can produce a value of one thousand pounds the net revenue of the country will be of less value it will be reduced from two thousand two hundred pounds to two thousand pounds but there will not only be the same quantity of commodities and corn for its own consumption but also as much addition to that quantity as fifty pounds would purchase the difference between the value at which its manufactures were sold to the foreign country and the value of the corn which was produced from it mr malthus says it has been justly observed by adam smith that no equal quantity of productive labour employed in manufactures can ever occasion so great a reproduction as in agriculture if adam smith speaks of value he is correct but if he speaks of riches which is the important point he is mistaken for he has himself defined riches to consist of the necessaries conveniences and enjoyments of human life one set of necessaries and conveniences admits of no comparison with another set value in use cannot be measured by any known standard it is differently estimated by different persons end of section thirteen